0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. Relief from all of it. Well, I made it to the end of May this year. Nearly five whole months into the alleged new year before a small, shrill voice in my head started moaning and wailing about how I've got to get out of this godforsaken desert. The desert in wintertime and springtime, and in the magic months of late autumn, is the finest place in the world. But now we are coming to the other part. The bad place, as they say in the Bible. A time for weeping and a time for gnashing of teeth, like they say in that song by the birds. And you know what they say in Phoenix. It's a dry heat. The kind of dry heat that turns people into mummies. No elaborate Egyptian preparation necessary. Just put them in a cave. Like they used to do in the Atacama Desert. Where the oldest mummies found are 7,000 years old. Older than anybody we found with the skin still on them Outside of the peat bog finds in Northwestern Europe 10,000 years ago That's when the oldest of the bog bodies went into the muck Kohlberg man, found in Denmark wasn't much left of Kohlberg man a couple of bones and the skull but it's enough to figure out a couple of relevant facts more all the time as our ability to read these old bones and ruins and relics gets better and the rest of our society gets worse let's see, is that browser tab still open? Uh, the, the Mojave Desert Water District bill, I think I paid that. Uh, close tab. Egyptian mummification, we covered that. Right. Looks like I need to restock this coffee I like. Doesn't cost a lot but I cannot find it around here I cannot find anything around here in America I mean here we go the bogs held a liminal significance the people placed votive offerings into the bogs too intended for the other world neck rings, bracelets, ankle rings, made of bronze or more rarely gold. The archaeologist P.V. Glob, P.V. Glob, believed that these were offerings to the gods of fertility and good fortune. It is, therefore, widely speculated that the Iron Age bog bodies were thrown into the bog for similar reasons. Human sacrifices to the gods. I don't know where you'd pull off anything like that in the desert. Maybe in that muck at the bottom of a swamp cooler. Of course, we don't use the natural and renewable resource of Spanish moss anymore. The moss that hangs so beautifully from the southern live oak and the swamp cypress. Because, of course, we have to make the swamp cooler pads out of fossil fuel plastics now. Anyway, Spanish moss isn't really a moss, and it's not from Spain. It's a flowering plant in the same plant family as a pineapple. For many thousands of years before we decided a blue plastic swamp cooler pad from the home despot was a better idea. Humans use Spanish moss for all sorts of purposes, such as clothing and bedding. It tolerates humidity very well, being a swamp plant. So it does a good job with water dribbling over it which is how a swamp cooler works. But let's not talk about swamp coolers for the whole broadcast. We did that already a number of years ago. By the way, it's the fifth anniversary of this program, which went on the air on KCDZ 107.7 FM and Joshua Tree five years ago this month. Way back in. 2017. Time flies when you never leave the compound, I suppose. The point is, as soon as the desert summer arrives, all the rest of my browser tabs are for rental cabins in Canada. Or Nova Scotia. Where I often dream of living out my days. The summers in particular. Where my French Breton ancestors settled so long ago. Before the redcoats arrived in their usual bloody manner. And sent the survivors... Fleeing for other shores. That's how Cajuns came to exist in the swamps of Louisiana in the 18th century. A lot of them scraped by thanks to the Spanish moss, which they could gather and sell for about a penny a pound just take care of that important knowledge about the pineapple and Spanish moss being from the same family of flowering plants it is one of those very useful bits of information that could get you out of a bind someday. Like the equally trivial fact that the Joshua Tree is a member of the Lily family. The scary member. Every family has one. Imagine Jesus trying to teach philosophy to people with a pointy old piece of Joshua Tree. I guess the lily is better If you're considering that sort of work The Sermon on the Mount Doesn't matter if you're an atheist Or a Trekkie Or a Jehovah's Witness Or a Hindu Or a Neo-Pagan The Sermon on the Mount is for you For you and me No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Now why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them too. But seek first the kingdom of God And all these things will be provided. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. If you're wondering where to read that whole thing, it's Matthew chapter 6. Then, more or less found within The Kingdom of God is Within You, published in 1894 by Leo Tolstoy, or Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, The Stoic Philosopher, One of the Few Great Roman Emperors, or What the Buddha Taught by Walpola Rahula. Or Bob Dylan's Gotta Serve Somebody. All pretty much the same teaching. Unfortunately, all pretty hard to follow in the U.S. of A. If I needed the universe to provide me with food and clothing, first I'd try to get myself over to Denmark. God helps those who will help themselves. Not in the... Bible, but in one of America's first editorial cartoons by Benjamin Franklin. Some people pray to Jesus, and that's fine, to each her own. But every time I read the Gospels, I can't help but notice a Jesus, Yeshua of Joshua Tree fame, which is a yucca and part of the Lily family never ask anybody to pray to him, to worship him. In fact, whenever people try, he begs off or provides a prayer of his own to the always unknowable creative force of the universe, a prayer well known in the religion of the ancient Egyptians. Spell number 125, a prayer to Osiris found in what we call the Egyptian Book of the Dead was already in use for more than a thousand years before the ministry of Jesus. And if you believe the nativity part of the Book of Matthew Jesus grew up in Egypt and was so well-learned in scripture and theology that he was arguing with the temple rabbis at 12 years old, the Gaul. Anyway, that's only in the Gospel of Matthew. A few verses in chapter 2, scholars say it's baloney, a fabrication meant to connect his ministry to the flight of Moses from Egypt to Palestine. But if Jesus and his mom and dad did go to Egypt, they would have found Jewish communities throughout that great nation. Along with many Egyptian and Greco-Roman temples. The cosmopolitan metropolis of Alexandria alone was home to tens of thousands of Jews. Along with people from everywhere else in the known world, Greek world, the Persian world, Ethiopia, Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco as we know them today, along with today's Spain and France and Central Europe, Armenia, Arabia, India, 2,000 years ago, some 300,000 people lived in the five districts of Alexandria, known by the first five letters of the Greek alphabet. The Jewish quarter was Delta. And it was also the target of periodic persecutions and pogroms, which increased after the Romans took over Egypt in the year 30 B.C., So maybe not the best place to go if you were looking to avoid any state-sanctioned terror. But let's say it's true. What a place for a smart and curious kid to wander around. And maybe hear a popular prayer like this one. From spell 125 in the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Hallowed gods who dwell in the house of the two truths. I know you and your name. I have given bread to the hungry man, and water to the thirsty man, and clothes to the naked man. I have not sinned. Let no evil come to me from you. Deliver me from the bull baboon of the underworld, amen. Egypt was part of the Roman Empire for nearly 700 years. And if you include the Greek period, which began in 332 BC, that's a thousand years of Greco-Roman-Egyptian civilization. Here in the United States, we barely made it 80 years before the country split in the first Civil War. Uh, Most of us suspect the Bicentennial of 1976 was the last centennial this nation will celebrate in one piece. So it goes. The land will still be here. Maybe a little less on the coastlines down south. The wildlife, we hope, will still be here. Since I was a kid, we've lost two-thirds of the wildlife on Earth in the past half-century Fish, birds, mammals and reptiles, amphibians and insects. It's enough to depress a person, if they've noticed at all. But hopefully a world of abundance for the creatures and critters is coming soon. less because we figured out how to reverse the decline and more because our own species is finally going into decline itself it's a sort of reckoning for a conceited species like ourselves with the usual gnashing of teeth and ridiculous laws and attempts to reverse nature Unlike the stock market When populations decline They don't snap back in a couple of years Or generations Demographic Momentum Also known as a boulder Rolling down a rocky cliff And taking the rocks and the cliff with it Say your parents Had two kids Normal in our time and your grandparents who had big families. Six or seven children survived to adulthood. Or maybe your great-grandparents. But after the medical discoveries of the early 20th century, they mostly lived to a ripe old age. And their grandparents might have been from families of a dozen kids all living and working together on a farm as nearly everyone alive was doing. From the dubious agricultural revolution of 12,000 years ago until around 200 years ago when the industrial cities began changing agriculture through mass-produced machinery and luring the kids away from the farm to the city. They all had lots of wars, and plagues, and invasions, and catastrophes, and some climate change, but that's always the case with human civilization. Worldwide, we've been in population stagnation for more than a generation, really everywhere but sub-Saharan Africa, and that's mostly in and around Nigeria where population numbers are a bit of a guessing game. But the mature industrial economies of Western Europe and Japan have been stagnant for a couple of generations now. China did it on purpose. Russia did it by accident. But the result is the same. Lots of older people today and a rapidly declining number of new families, even in India, which was the big population bomb story of the 1990s. 40 years ago, the number of people in India was growing by 2.3% per year. Now it's less than 1%, which is less than half what's required to keep population numbers stable. Between COVID and Capitalism and climate change, the decline is accelerating. In 50 years, if we live that long, India will have less than a billion people as it did in the 1990s. So let's look ahead to 2072. I don't expect to be around then, as people do wear out in time, but many of you will be here, especially our teenage listeners who enjoy this program on the TikTok. Whatever wildlife survives till then will likely have a better go of it, because one thing we've learned is that the easiest way to restore ecosystems to remove the one factor that ruins ecosystems, industrialize human civilization. We can even leave behind melting nuclear reactors as we did at Chernobyl, and the wildlife still thrives. So it's hot again, Grennan Barrett. I put down my books and my coffee, and I go outside to walk around the property in the heat of the afternoon, and once the shock is gone, it feels alright, as long as I don't exert myself in any way, which would cause immediate death from heat stroke, dry heat or not. And there's the big roadrunner, my favorite dinosaur. Enjoying the shade of the Joshua Tree, grinning, that long, expressive tail flicking here and there. The lizards and the rattlesnakes are out in this heat. Because that's what they love, and that means it's a good day for the Roadrunner. So I'm working on the audiobook, which is taking a little bit longer than I figured. As any dry stone wall builder knows, the main way you waste time is in fixing things. That's why it's so important to use your wits and your intuition and let the right stone speak to you, get your attention, so you put the right stone in the right place because every time you do over you've just spent twice as much time and effort and now it's midnight and you're still out there trying to cap your wall by the light of the silvery moon at least it's cooler at night so I figured I'd get a buzzer to make a big consistent mark on the sound file so I don't have to stop every time a firefighting helicopter rumbles over the radio studio or a raven decides it's a good time to start dropping rocks on the roof. But first, like an idiot, I thought maybe there's a buzzer sound I could get for the phone to try out, see if it's worth the hassle. And I wound up with a $14.99 a month subscription to a sound effect app just trying to close it and delete it. The entirety of late capitalism is the scam, the fraud. A system where junk advertising companies are called the tech sector. And the only way to stay in business is to rip everybody off. Investors, founders, employees, contractors, regulators, competitors, the environment, and especially the customers. The consumers formerly known as humanity. So I went down to the dollar store and I bought a keychain buzzer that'll probably work ten times before the old battery inside gives up the ghost, but maybe it'll be enough From Amboy to Isaac's, and across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, and I'm your host Ken Lane, with soundscapes composed and performed by our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver. Friday nights at 10 p.m. in Joshua Tree. You can find us online at DesertOracle.com Five years of radio shows, a couple of things for sale You can support this show, some people do it on Patreon.com Forward slash Desert Oracle, which I do appreciate And happy birthday to Bob Dylan Good night from the Voice of the Desert